TII item 468, August 26, 2018, iOS 12's beta 56789 and 10. Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, go away! Oh, yeah! beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand, and that I do everything with, and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's show is brought to you by Eero. For free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada, visit eero.com, and at checkout, select overnight shipping, then enter promo code TII to make it free. This episode is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash TII, and using TII at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Carl for sending in the artwork for today's show. Carl wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Here is the Apple Store in Novi, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit. Keep up the fantastic work with the podcast. Regards, Carl W. Brooks. Well, thank you, Carl, for sending in this. Folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 468 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music that you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. Since the last episode, iOS 12 betas 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 have been released. Um, thanks for your patience. So what is new? Well, with the last couple of versions uh, with for betas 9 and 10 versus beta 8, really nothing, which means they are close to release. We predicted back in July the iPhone 2018s would launch September 21st. That means September 18th, most likely, for the iOS 12 public launch uh, for the software. Last year, it was September 19th, just as an FYI. Let's go back to beta 5 to find a few changes. Control Center controls are now darker. New icons for media type and albums in photos. Share across devices toggle in the screen time. Family members removed from screen time section. The still under Apple IDs uh, family sharing. The stocks widget size changed. New app has, uh, the news app has updated icons. New haptic feedback on the iPhone 10 when all apps are closed in the app switcher. Includes new AirPods case imagery that appears to show off an upcoming design change. FaceTime has new connecting, disconnecting tones. For beta 6, changes included reordered wallpapers, removed iOS 10 wallpaper, new AirPlay icon on lock screen, bolder font in maps, home app wallpapers removed, new gradient color wallpapers in home app, notification close button removed to the right in landscape mode. For beta 7 and 8, the changes included slowness added in beta 7 and then resolved in beta 8. The measure app has tweaked icon. Music videos have new 16 by 9 album art in the music app. And group FaceTime has been delayed. Now, if it sounds like we were digging there at the end to report things, yes, yes, we were. Again, beta 9 and 10, from what I've read and could find and see, were just the optimization and bug fix type items, which is actually good news, which means we're close. As I said back in June, iOS 12 has been the best performing no dot beta ever. It has also 
the one with the least amount of new features ever. <laughs> so yes, it should be ready for those of, um, of you out there that want to release the hounds pretty much as soon as it's released. I just don't think there's going to be much for those hounds to track down once they are released. Overall, that's not a bad thing. As iOS 12, or as it's codenamed at Apple, iOS 11.5, is more about optimizations and performance enhancements than it is about feature creep or additions of features. Given how iOS 11 Goldmaster <laughs> launched last year went, uh, wasn't good. <laughs> um, this is actually good news. Oh, great news, really. Because last year, it wasn't until 11.1 that we could really say release the hounds. Hopefully this time, we're going to be able to say it rather quickly. I've been using the beta uh, of iOS 12 on my main iPhone since beta 5. And it has been rock solid. So I, I haven't had really issues. Uh, on the iPads, I've been using it all the way back from the beginning. Again, it has been working really well, even for my kids who are playing Fortnite, which is pretty intensive. So overall, very happy with the way iOS 12 betas have gone this time. It seems really stable. I am looking forward for it to be released. That said, there's not a whole lot to be excited about when it is there. There's a few good things. We'll talk about that more on the next episode. In addition to the iOS 12 betas, Apple also released Watch OS 5, betas 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9 since the last episode. One of the new features I really like in Watch OS 5 is when you are done with a workout, uh, which, I, which I do on my exercise, um, as normally happens, half the time I forget to end the workout. But now, after a few minutes, it recognizes that my heart rate has dropped, and it asks if I'm done working out. Without a doubt for me, that has been the single most used fe new feature in watchOS 5 because I'm always, always forgetting to stop the workout after I'm done. I also have been using the new podcast app for watchOS 5. I like the way that works as well. And per what is new since beta 4? Well, in beta 6, Apple cleared up the status of walkie-talkie invitations to make them, well, clearer. And yeah, after that, not much new in watchOS 5 betas. Uh, so, again, it seems to be ready to go. I haven't noticed any issues. I've been running the beta on, on the watchOS uh, 5 since I, I was ran it on iOS uh, 12 beta 5. So, over a month now, uh, I've been running the betas on my watch and my iPhone. And the watch, again, seems very stable. haven't had any issues where it crashed or anything like that. Now, if I did have one wish for the podcast app on watchOS 5, it would be that it allowed it to play on the speaker on your Apple Watch. As it is, you have to be connected to Bluetooth speakers if you're going to take the Apple Watch and go and not be around your iPhone. So there's no ability for when you're just with your Apple Watch someplace, no headphones, to be able to actually play it through the speaker. Now, it would be nice if there was a way to do that, but I haven't been able to figure that out. I'll keep playing with it, but as far as I can see right now, you have to have Bluetooth headphones connected or connect to some sort of Bluetooth uh, speaker for it to actually play the podcast from your Apple Watch. And rounding out the betas, tvOS 12 betas 5, 6, 7, and 8 were also released since the last episode. And were per changes, yeah, for all those betas, the biggest change came with tvOS 12 beta 6. Dolby Atmos Audio is now working. And that's about it. The rest of the updates were bug fixes and optimizations, which again, which is good news. I went and looked at my notes from last year, end of August. 
And at the end of August last year, I was very concerned about the betas and the state the betas were in. This year, not concerned at all. I think they're ready to release the hounds. As soon as this goes, we'll see. Uh, but at least this year, everything does look like it, Apple's got all their ducks in a row and they're ready to go. And speaking of tvOS, uh, this past week there were some rumors about Fortnite coming to Apple TV due to some code someone found that made it look like it was happening. Well, Epic Games, the maker of Fortnite, shot down those rumors faster than a noob landing at Tilted Towers. Nick Chester from Epic Games said, quote, Epic isn't planning to bring Fortnite to Apple TV. References to tvOS in the Fortnite files are the result of general Unreal Engine support for Apple TV platform, unquote. So while the people that found the code thought they found a loot llama, in reality they were just caught in the storm with no medkits and less than 20 health points. You know what else happened since the last episode? Apple, well, a lot, but Apple released their Q2 2018 quarterly report, and they said everything is coming up roses. Or at least that is what Wall Street took away, with the stock up over $25 a share since the last episode to all-time highs, and yes, finally breaking through the $1 trillion, with a T, dollar market cap barrier. The first time any company has ever done that. Now, in fairness, if you adjusted for inflation, the Dutch East India Company at its peak would have been valued at over $7 trillion with a T dollars in its market cap. But that is a lot like saying who is the greatest basketball player of all time, the Big O, Jordan, or LeBron. Different eras make straight-up comparisons tough. One comparison said that Microsoft would have been worth over a trillion at their peak, adjusted for today's dollars as well. But what is interesting, when these articles came out, kind of trying to downplay Apple and, that, and what they've done, one thing they all missed is the companies they were comparing them to were all pretty much monopolies in their fields, the fields that they were in, with most greater than, much greater than 90% market share. Apple did all this with less than 15% market share for their biggest product line and less than 5% for their computer line. Think about that. Apple is the first to a trillion dollars and did it with a tiny part of the market share. Per what Apple actually announced, the iPhones sold last quarter were 41.3 million units, up a smidge from 41 million the year earlier. iPads sold were 11.6 million, also up a smidge from 11.4 million the year earlier. And Macs actually dropped to 3.7 million units versus 4.3 million the year earlier. Hey, Tim, you really do need to bring back uh, HDMI port and a few other ports on those MacBook Pros. Just saying. Why such a big jump, though, in share price? Simple. ASPs for the iPhones year-over-year year were way up. And while iPad sales were barely up, the year-ago quarter had new iPad Pros launched. This time, that was not the case. Apple wearables were also way up, 60% growth year-over-year, year, with AirPods demand still outstripping supply 18 months later. Not sure if that is more a supply chain issue than unforeseen demand. I mean, it's 18 months later. But in any case, demand is still strong for AirPods. Supply, not so much. But I think the strangest thing on the call had to be the last caller on the conference call. And I have to go to the transcript for this because it was so bizarre. The call was from Laura, never going to be allowed on a call again, Martin from Needham & Company. 
maybe no longer with them, which would not be shocking. First, she starts by saying she wants to focus on product roadmap and strategy for her question, two things Apple never talks about. But hey, it's her dime, and if she wants to waste her questions, uh, two questions you get, go for it. She basically asked if they lost the connected home, would that hurt them outside the home? Tim gave an answer that basically said what he said before. HomePod and Apple TV are part of home automation, but the iPhone is still the hub that you carry with you everywhere. Laura Martin says, quote, okay, that's helpful, actually, okay, unquote. Tim Cook thanks her for her question. Then it gets really weird, and I, I want to go and read this part. Laura Martin then says, quote, yeah, sort of. I mean, I'll watch your product roadmap and be able to tell what that answer is, unquote. So basically, she just totally dissed Tim and his response and said, oh, forget it. I'll go look at your website to get the answers. <laughs> she went on to say she gets in fights with other investors, can't imagine why, about whether Apple accessories are on-ramps to the ecosystem or if you need an iPhone first. Apple even tried to shut her down, saying basically, thank you and you're done, but she kept on talking. Again, one of the weirdest interactions on a conference call I can ever remember. But regardless of how it ended, the message taken away from the call, from the analysts and from the Wall Street observers, was iPhone ASPs are way up, profits were up, and then Apple stock price followed suit, breaking through the $1 trillion market cap. Congrats, Apple. Today's sponsor is a product I absolutely love and allows me to get the fastest Wi-Fi at my house with the best coverage everywhere. Eero, E-E-R-O, makes a Wi-Fi mesh network for your home. Within the next month, many of us will be getting a new iPhone or iOS device. Make sure your home's Wi-Fi is not going to hold back your new iPhone or iOS device. Eero offers you the fastest Wi-Fi I've ever tested. This is the second generation Eero unit, which added a third 5 gigahertz radio, and it is a mesh network, just like at office buildings, but now for your home. You only need to hardwire connect the base station unit, the beacons you just plug into any wall outlet, and they even have a nightlight. If you go to eero.com and enter promo code TII, you will get free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Again, go to eero.com and at checkout select overnight shipping, then enter promo code TII to make it free. If you get a new iPhone and or a 4K Apple TV and or a new iPad this fall, and you want to unlock the full Wi-Fi speed of your Apple devices, then go and get yourself an Eero mesh network for your house. The base station units sit flat and you power it with their USB-C connector. It's very nice looking Apple-esque design. It also has a new thread radio for low power devices like my Ring doorbell or other Wi-Fi enabled IoT devices. As I've said before, this is the best, best, best Wi-Fi I've ever tested or heard of. Thanks, Eero, for unleashing the wireless power of all my Apple products. And one of the features I really like about the Eero, and this is one that I've been using lately, is you can set up guest access. My sons have their friends coming over and they're playing Fortnite and they're bringing their devices. And rather than having to give my home Wi-Fi password out, I just go to the Eero app and I select guest access. And then they have just a little QR code that they scan from their device and boom, it enables them to get into our Wi-Fi and I don't have to give them my main Wi-Fi password. So just a nice little feature. If you ever have anyone come over to your house and they want to use your Wi-Fi, now you can do it without having to give out your password, which you may use for other 
things in your life like we do. So you have some questions about how to perform the voiceover gestures on the iPhone 10, and I'm going to demonstrate that for you now. A couple of notes in the beginning. First off, it's uh, where you place your finger, the timing, and when you hear, you'll get some hints along the way, and you can just follow those, and they'll help you. For example, say lift for home. That means literally when you've slid your finger up the screen, you hear the tone. VoiceOver will, if you wait a few seconds, it'll tell you lift for home or lift for app switcher. You literally just lift your finger off the screen and there you go. You can, once your finger's on the screen, slide up and activate one or the other gestures without removing your finger. So if you decided I wanted to go home and instead I want to go to the app switcher, you just keep sliding your finger until you get the uh, second tone and you wouldn't have to kind of start the gesture over again. So I'm going to first let you hear the sound without the uh, speech. This is the sound that indicates that you've initiated the gesture. Uh, it's just not the second click, but the first click. So now I'm going to now slide my finger up the screen. You'll get a little taptic feedback there. All right, now that's the app switcher. That's for home, app switcher. And if you slide your finger all the way back down, you hear the lowest tone, that's canceling the gesture, so. And this is the same process for at the top of the screen. It's the same thing. Speech on. So I'll now do it with the speech. Lift for home. Lift for app switcher. Lift for home. Lift for app switcher. We'll do it at the top of the screen now. Lift for control center. Lift for notifications. Lift for control center. Lift for notifications. You're sliding your finger approximately an inch. And yeah, about an inch, maybe a little more, a little less. Yeah. About a, about a half, maybe a half an inch to uh, three quarters of an inch actually is probably a little more accurate. So it's it's just about timing, and once you first feel the gesture, don't wait. Immediately start sliding your finger, because if you were to wait, it ends up actually just canceling the gesture. So you, once you hear the first lowest tone, immediately start sliding your finger up the screen, and the gesture should work for you. I hope that was helpful. Scott, thank you very much for that demo. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I have a few questions for you regarding Apple's AirPods. I have been looking at getting a pair lately, but I know they are coming out with AirPods 2 at some point in the near future. $160 is a lot of money, and I'm hoping that when the new model comes out, the original AirPods will go on fire sale. But I see today that Amazon has them for $145. Not the greatest price for earphones, but the cheapest I've seen the AirPods. Do you think it's worth the gamble to wait to see if the announcement happens for the upgraded version in September, again, I'm not really wanting version 2, just a cheaper version of 1 that I can afford. So to put it bluntly, do you think I should jump on the 145 price today or wait to see what happens in September regards Tim in Atlanta? Wait, 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 wait. You're so close. So, so close. I would definitely wait. It's not just about, oh, you, you don't want the version 2 because you don't know what the version 2 is. When Apple releases version 2, there might be some killer new feature in there that you go, oh, I'm so glad I waited. Or if you didn't wait, go, oh, I wish I had waited. You're close. I would recommend you wait. And then if there's going to be a price reduction on version one, it'll probably be more than $15. Back to Imabek. 
Hi, Rob. Are there known battery issues with iOS 11.4.1? I have an iPhone 7, and after just three hours and 36 minutes of use, doing nothing but taking a few photos and making a couple of calls, my battery has plummeted from 100% to 31%. I know there are things you can do to save battery life, but that is just ridiculous. Also, is there any way of turning off that annoying screenshot preview? Sometimes it won't even swipe away. Surely, at the very least, there should be a toggle switch Better still, some way of setting how long it stays on for. Thanks in anticipation. Keep up the good work. Regards, Alf and Matlock UK. Alf, thanks for the email. The answer's probably the same for both. Not aware of any. and Not aware of any issues for the iOS 11.4.1 with regards to battery life. As always, I would recommend checking screen brightness and location services to see if you've got some issues on the location services with those turned on. And per the screenshot preview, not aware of any way to turn that off. I've looked through the settings. I couldn't find anything. That doesn't mean it's not hidden in some submenu of a submenu. If anyone does know how to turn that off, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to us at todayinios at gmail.com. Staying in the email bag. Hi, Rob. Love the show as usual. I wonder if you or your listeners can help with a recommendation. I have owned several iPads, and I currently own an Air 2. I also have the Apple Smart Case, which I like very much. It covers all exposed metal completely, covers the iPad when closed, has a good hand feel, and fits without adding much bulk. Proof of how good uh, an idea the Smart Case is lies in the fact that Apple stopped making it for the current iPad Pro line. Rumors that Apple may remove the headphone jack from the next model of iPad, really Apple, again, with this nonsense, uh, means I may soon be buying an iPad Pro. Does anyone know of an aftermarket case similar to the smart case for the current line of Pros? There are a myriad of aftermarket cases out there. However, they seem to be designed with different objectives I don't want an armored-plated case that adds bulk and weight. I also don't want a cover or nearly, or, or nearly non-existent case that is more of a skin than a case. Just a leather-like material that fits snugly and covers the whole iPad. Surely this isn't asking too much. Thanks for any help. Regards, Kevin Barry. So basically, Kevin's asking, what nice, thin covered for iPads out there that adds actual protection do you folks recommend? Uh, I The one I recommend for the iPads that we have on our iPads is STM's case, and I like it because it has the Apple pencil holder. And then I use the Apple cover with the smart keyboard. So I, I like it because it pairs up with that very nicely. But folks, what else are you recommending for your iPad Pros here for Kevin? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I need some advice from you and or the listeners about switching mobile carriers. I'm with AT&T right now on the family share plan with 6 gig of data that I rarely come close to using. There are four of us on this plan, including myself, but I am the only one with a smartphone. The other three people are seniors with flip phones who never do anything but make phone calls. The monthly bill from AT&T just seems to keep rising, and the only explanation I'm ever given is that the taxes and fees are going up. Okay, I know that Illinois is one of the worst states in the country for taxes, but this seems to be getting out of hand. I am considering my options. Should I place myself on a plan with a carrier with just me on the account and perhaps let the other three users go with Straight Talk or another pay-as-you-go service? 
If I stay with one of the major carriers, who would you recommend? I don't want to be lured in by tempting promises of better plan prices, only to be shocked back to reality after the promo ends and the prices return to their sky-high normal rates. Should I stay with the major carrier, or should I try one of the other services? I plan to buy the new iPhone 10 Plus, or whatever it's called, if that factors into my decision. P.S. I also have a visual voicemail with this carrier, which I really like and don't want to lose. Do all carriers offer this feature? Thanks for all you do in advance for your help. And thank you, Rob. Regards, Tammy near St. Louis. So, Tammy, long and short, T-Mobile. That's what you want to look at. Look at T-Mobile. Go look at the pricing there for family plan for four. And you'll see the pricing is really reasonable. So uh, take a look at T-Mobile and, and see how that works. That's a major carrier now, T-Mobile Sprint combined. But their pricing is really good and for what you're looking to do. And in theory, all the phones that your current three partners that are with you, those should all port over and work on T-Mobile. Check with them to confirm that. But again, take a look at T-Mobile. Go to your local T-Mobile store. Bring some of those other phones with you from your, the other three people in your group. And take a look at those pricing. I think that's going to be your best solution. But I'll open it up. If anyone else wants to give Tammy some advice, give us a call or shoot Hey, it's Michael over here on the beautiful Oregon coast at Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N on Twitter. Just wanted to drop you a quick voicemail for blind iOS users, especially if you're not involved in the beta. iOS 12 beta 8 just came out or it came out a couple of days ago. Anyways, just put it on my phone. Been exploring with the photo automated recognition, most especially on Facebook. Side note, interesting how you can't find photos when you need to find photos. But when you're just browsing Facebook and you don't want to find photos while you're a blind person, all you can see is photos. Anyways, so if you double tap on a uh, Facebook post and then you single tap with one finger about the middle of your screen or so, find the image, and then three-finger single tap on the image. So when the image is highlighted, three-finger single tap on your screen, uh, you'll get a rough description of the image. But most importantly, especially for my previous coworkers who shared them all the time, I've got to try this out and see if it works in Slack. But you can hear the text from memes as of right now. So hoping this comes out and stays in the actual release of iOS 12, so those who are not on the beta cycle can definitely enjoy the added benefits, something that I'm kind of excited is, is finally here. Uh, and if you are on the beta, I would love to hear your thoughts about this, what I think is an added feature. Thanks, Mike. And as Mike said, we'd love to hear your thoughts. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. File this next one under... The sky is blue, the sun rises in the east, and ice is cold. Comes the story that Android devices harvest more user data than iPhones do. A new study claims that Android devices harvest actually 10 times more personal data from Android users than iOS devices harvest from their users. The reason for harvesting all this data, you guessed it, so Google can serve up said users to, well, their data at least, to advertisers. This report comes from Professor Douglas Schmidt from Vanderbilt University, and he said, quote, Google is able to collect user personal data through various techniques that are not easily realized by the user. Most of the process of collecting user data by Google actually occurs when users are not directly related to Google products, unquote. He also said Google Chrome sends data to Google 50 times more than Safari does on the iPhone, 
going on to say it's so bad that even an idle Android device with Chrome running in the background will send data location of the user to Google. This happens 340 times in a 24-hour window. Eeks. Again, all this info that is being gathered is so Google can use said data to sell users to advertisers. According to Mashable, Google has denied the claim, saying the study contained wildly misleading information and went on to say there is no way it is only 10 times more data than the iPhone. It is designed to be much, much more than that. And then they contacted the advertisers and said, don't worry, we'll crank up the data collection engine to 11 and reminded the advertisers of the recent AP News article that reported that Google even collects location data when the user has even turned off location services. Yikes! Again, let me say that a little clearer. If a user turns off location services on Android, Google still is collecting location data. Aren't you glad you have an iOS device? There are reports of new iPads being registered in the EU with filing agencies. That is not surprising at all, given the time of year. For the iPad, they are showing five different units. Right now, there are four different iPads for um, sale, and that is the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, the 10.5-inch iPad Pro, the 9.7-inch iPad, and the 7.9-inch iPad Mini. So, curious to see what the new unit will be. There have been rumors of units with the same size or as the same size as the 7.9-inch Mini, but edge-to-edge screen and the size of the the, uh, 9.7-inch version. So basically, they're taking the 9.7-inch screen and they're going edge-to-edge with no home button and putting it in the 7.9-inch case of the iPad Mini. This is the unit my wife really wants. So if they do announce that, that will be one that I pre-order for sure. And there are a lot of rumors around the new iPads and, and having them going to the iPhone 10 design of the, you know, the edge-to-edge screen, face ID instead of a home button design. That would allow you to take that 12.9-inch display and put it in a package the size slightly bigger than the 10.5-inch case. Some are saying all iPads could go to the face ID edge-to-edge design. I th- think they would keep at least the standard lower cost 9.7 inch design going with the home button for schools as a minimum. So I think you're going to keep that one, but maybe all the others do switch to this iPhone 10 type design. But I don't think it is much of a stretch to say there will be new iPads this fall. However, Apple may decide to have their own event for the iPad Pros in October along with say new Apple watches and focus on iPhones at the September event. In the, well, what are the chances we'll get caught category, comes a story about, yes, Samsung. And what they did was in Brazil, in a post on Twitter, they included a picture with the translated tweet saying, a date registered in many selfies. The front camera pound Galaxy A8 has dynamic focus and highlights in the photo that what matters most. And then they included a very nice looking photo A photo so good-looking, some said, no way, is that a selfie camera photo? And no, it was not. It was a picture from uh, Getty Images, and it was uploaded in 2015, and not from a Samsung device, but from a high-end camera. No! Ironically, the Samsung A8 has dual front-facing selfie cameras, a 16-megapixel and a 8-megapixel camera. So, you know, 
they could have easily taken a pretty good picture. I mean, a very, very good picture, close to probably the one they used if they did some lighting tricks. But what the heck, they said. We'll just pay $499, $499 for a stock image and pass it off as one of ours. What are the chances anyone will notice and track it down that it's from Getty Images? Per the question in their head, that was. And the answer to said question is pretty close to 100% when you try to pull one over on the interwebians. Have you ever just decided to leave your AirPods at home because you knew you were going to someplace that would require you take them out quite a bit and didn't want to or could not carry the charging case with you? I know there have been a few times that it's happened to me. Well, Elago has a solution for you. It is a bracelet with a holder for the AirPods. It costs all of $9.99 for Amazon Prime users. Link in the show notes. It's not an affiliate link, just a regular link. It is called the Wrist Fit, and you can use it with the band it comes with on your other wrist, and then you can store your AirPods there. Or you can remove it from the band that comes with and place it on the band that came with your Apple Watch. Link in the show notes for more info and ordering of this. Again, it's called Wrist Fit. But this is nice if you're someone that works out and you're going to go jogging. Um, maybe you're going to jump rope. Maybe you're going to have to do a, some sort of CrossFit uh, routine and you want to just be able to take the AirPods in and out during that workout and just go with your Apple Watch and not have to worry about bringing the case with you and you don't have pockets um, and you don't want to put your AirPods in your pocket, afraid they're going to fall out. Whatever the case may be where you had left your AirPods at home, and I've done this, just because you were worried about something, this is a nice solution that you can take with you and, and have a place to put your AirPods when you're not using them. And again, it's just $9.99 for Amazon Prime users. Link in show notes, look for wrist fit. An interesting report, it seems countries where they speak English prefer the iPhone um, well, as well as Japan. So basically, all English-speaking countries and where it's primary language, and Japan. But all other countries seem to prefer Android, with the exception of Sweden, which is going to hold a neutral stance and be kind of right in the middle. At least this is for sales in Q1 of 2018. The U.S. was at 60% for the iPhone, Canada 56 Australia 59 Japan 67%, the U.K. was 52 Again, Sweden was right at 50-50. FYI, Poland and Malaysia were at 81% for Android, only less than 20%, obviously, for iOS, for iPhone. So a little interesting there on those results. I wonder why that is. I wonder why non-English-speaking, predominantly English-speaking countries um, are more slanted towards Android. Maybe it has to do with more customization for those local markets. I don't know. But as we said earlier in the show, Apple was able to get a trillion dollar market cap without being the, you know, in a monopolistic position globally for the key product line. I want to once again thank Casper for supporting our show and for the Casper Wave mattress for supporting my back every night. It's no joke. With our last mattress, if I sat up in bed for an hour, my back would hurt when I got up. But with a Wave mattress, that is no longer the case, and it helps my back out even more when sleeping on it, which I really felt uh, last since the last episode where I traveled twice and had to sleep on horrible hotel mattresses compared to my Casper Wave mattress. We have the original Casper in my oldest son's room and the new Casper Wave in mine and the wife's bedroom. That's one bedroom, not that each of us have different bedrooms. Casper also has the Essential mattress available. They offer sizes from Twin to California Kings, with 
great price. And with Casper, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. You don't like it, you get your money back, and they come and pick it up and donate it to charity. If you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, you'll save $50 on select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. You order online, and it is delivered right to your door. So no need to go out in the heat and to get it either. They are able to offer affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you. With delivery right now for the U.S. and Canada, and it is free delivery. Once said mattress is delivered, it isn't a squarish box that you think there's not a mattress in there. No way. But yes way. Once you cut open the package, the mattress opens up and expands to form. It's really amazing. Just Google Casper mattress unboxing. Again, to save $50 on a select mattress, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase in the promo code. Again, casper.com slash TII, promo code TII to save $50 on select mattresses. Thanks, Casper, for the great mattress and for sponsoring the show. Hello, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. I have a, actually I've been having trouble finding a good case for my phone. And I thought I would give a couple reviews. I think I might break it up into three different ones just because I have three different cases that I did. First one I want to talk about is the Utomic Edge. I know these you guys used to be called the Bumpies, and you've uh, featured them on your show before. I got them for my iPhone 10. I got the red corners on my phone, which looked okay. It didn't look quite like it looked on the website, but that happens a lot. I also got it with the back plate and the Utomic ring add-on on the back plate. I actually was really disappointed with this product this time. I followed the directions. First of all, when they ordered the red, they sent me the black ones first. And uh, I kind of I wanted to see what the red on the black would look like. So they did replace it out, no problem, and sent it back. Then I liked the back plate that went on. It's like a snap-on thing. They call it the snap case. You put it on the back, and it allows you to add the add-ons. They have, like, a wallet. They have a ma- They have a thing. Because now that there's a glass back, you can't put adhesive things in the back of your phone anymore. Honestly, I was really disappointed with these this product this time around. I used them in the past and enjoyed them, but this time I did not. Uh, for some reason, it wouldn't stay on my phone. I dropped it. I dropped my phone once. It didn't, nothing happened to my phone, but the corners popped off. And I also found it very difficult to install their case. They have the glass protection with the $150 insurance policy. And I can tell you that that case, that glass protector was very hard to put on. And it was really hard not to get a bunch of bubbles. I was really disappointed at all in all because it was like an edge, it was a super edge-to-edge screen protector. And between the bumpies not staying on, I guess the Utomic edge is not staying on, and the, the glass screen protector not working as designed, I was really disappointed in this product. Wouldn't recommend it. In the future, I don't think I'll be purchasing it again. I returned it, and they did give me my money back. I will. I have to give it to them. There, you know, their customer service was good when when things were wrong. They fixed it, and when I didn't like the product, they have a 45 day return policy. So and they did honor it. I will give them that, and uh, but I wouldn't recommend the product in the future. Hello, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. I'm doing another case review. The case I'm reviewing today is the. Magback case. It's a from a company called One Less. So I think you, you can find them at oneless.com. One spelled O-N-E. This case is just a pretty basic case, but it has a really one cool feature. It has three mag, three vertical magnets embedded in the case, and it's designed to go around your 
wireless charging, so you don't lose that feature if you like wireless charging. It won't. It doesn't interfere with it. I've I, I tested it on a couple different Qi chargers I have at my house, so um, it does work well there. You can stick it to your fridge, and then it comes with two two magnets you can either put in your car. I actually put one in my shower because uh, works as a baby monitor for my thing. Sometimes you know when daughters and sleep allows me to. I can stick it up in the shower and use it as my baby monitor when so this is something I use it for, but you can use it for you can stick it anywhere. It it does it here really easily. The one knock I would give it the alcohol wipes they came with it were actually dry when I got them, so I had to I'd use my own, which is not too big of a deal but but there's something interesting about this case, this could actually be the ultimate traveler's case if you go out of the country. They actually give you a SIM removing tool and a place to put an extra SIM card in the case. The case isn't that thick. But it does allow you to put that in there, and it's kind of neat. I mean, I have the simple in it just because why not? But, you know, I don't travel that much, so it really isn't a thing for me. But it is something interesting that I've never seen in a case before. I'm sure it's not the only one that does it, but it's certainly something I haven't seen before. Now, the knocks on this case are that it's really hard to push the buttons on the side. It really interferes, especially on the... The big side button on the iPhone 10, it's not my favorite. It makes it harder to bring Siri up and do the Apple Pay. But you can still do it. You just have to press a lot harder, which isn't something I'm a big fan of. And the biggest knock I would give on it, I got the red case. And the corners, on all four corners, it's discolored. Um, I got a red case, and then all four corners got real darkened and faded. And I've only owned this case for about about two months. And I'm pretty disappointed in how it held up. I mean, but it's just a case. I mean, if you don't really care what it looks like or how it's going to hold up, it does. The magnet thing is really neat, and I have been swapping it often on my phone. I have one more case I wanted to review um, that I've tried. And this case runs, I think, about $38. I got it on sale for $38. And it's, you know, a little pricey. All these cases are. But it does have the cool feature of the magnets, which I haven't seen and a lot of other cases, and the SIM removing tool and stuff like that is kind of neat. So this is the Magback from a company called One Less. I give it kind of like a middling review. I would say if this is something sounds cool to you, you might want to go with the black case because uh, it will um, probably not discolor as much as the red, the red or the blue case that they offer wood. So thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye. Justin, thank you for those case reviews, and we'll get the third one here in a little bit. But for now, back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Love the show as usual. You mentioned recently how you thought Siri was fine, etc. Well, I disagree for several reasons, but I'll give you the most frustrating example as to why I dislike Siri. And yes, it has its uses. When I wish to set wake-up alarm, it gets that right nearly all the time. Doesn't always cancel it correctly, but that's another story. How about Siri and contacts? And more specifically, using her to make a call. Uh, if as I often am, uh, you are in an area with limited cellular connectivity and no Wi-Fi, and I tell Siri to call so-and-so. Siri is so important, she is needed to do this. So Siri goes out to the web to figure out what I wanted and just sits there. Nothing. I am wanting to make a call, and instead I have to cancel my request, go to contacts manually, open up the contact I want, and then make the call. Also, as has happened to me many times while having a great connection to the internet, I try to call another contact. This one might be a business, 
which means it is listed with a title of the business. I am thinking of a few examples, all of which have standard English words in their titles, i.e. nothing odd or unusual words. What often happens is Siri comes back to me with, I found some examples on the web. I specifically asked to call so-and-so. This makes me so wish to smash my phone into little pieces. It makes me pine for my old LG flip phone I bought in 2005, which did voice dialing nearly flawlessly. Evidently, Apple cannot figure out that technology. So I love your show and your work, but please stop trying to assert something that is not credible, Kevin B. Hi, Kevin. Siri does all the things you mentioned for me, almost flawlessly. I use her all the time to make calls. I use her to send text messages. I use her for directions and to change music and podcasts. Again, for me, I am in the 20% and like her. Not everybody is a huge Siri fan. I understand that. But for me, I find Siri really helpful. I use it all the time. And for some reason, she likes my voice. Is she flawless? Does she work for me 100% of the time? No. There are times now and then where she doesn't. But for the majority of the time, I can keep my iPhone in my pocket with my Apple AirPods in my ear. Now, one thing I will tell you that helps when you're trying to make a call with Apple AirPods is don't just tap on it and then say, you know, um, call my wife or something like that. Tap on it, bring up Siri, and move your hand in front of your mouth uh, about 6 to 12 inches away, and then speak. The echo back from your hand makes it where Siri can hear you a lot better. So maybe when you're trying to invoke Siri, especially with the AirPods in your ear, um, put your, bring your hand up so that the echo coming back off your hand, Siri can hear what you're saying a lot better. I find that, for me, makes Siri work most of the time. Again, it's most of the time and the vast majority of the time. So again, if you're using AirPods, that's a little trick that I found that works for me is I tap on my ear and then I'll say, call my wife mobile is what I usually say. And boom, she calls my wife. Now, I'll give Kevin a chance to reply here because I actually sent him a reply and he said, Rob, maybe you got the good Siri. I don't mean to imply Siri is useless, far from it, but she's not reliable enough and she cannot do some things Google Assistant can. Also, my other point is that I don't see why Apple still relies on Siri to access contacts and make calls when the technology to do this is more reliably all in the phone and and existed so long ago. Regards, Kevin B. Hey Rob, this is Justin from Pennsylvania. During my last case review, because I really had a hard time this time around keeping my cases together, like I used to always go with the Rockform case, but their cases with the magnet in them doesn't support wireless charging. So it really was a big bummer for me. I had to switch it up. Now my final case review is the Apple leather case. $50, very pricey for what it is, but it is by far my favorite case of the bunch has no extra function other than protecting your phone pretty well. I mean, you're going to want a screen protector on the front of it in case you drop it face down because all that. But the thing about Apple cases are is that they leave the bottom open. And that's probably where you're going to want the screen protector the most is somewhere down at the bottom because if your phone hits that way, there's no protection at the bottom there. But what's nice for the iPhone X, it leaves that space completely clear for you to swipe up for the home gesture. All these other cases are in your way, except for the Atomic Edge that I had already reviewed. I already, I didn't like that one, but this one is a full case. And the big killer thing about this are the buttons. They're metal. They feel great. They click. 
They feel just as good as if you're clicking your button without the case on it. It's so much easier to pull up your Apple Pay and all that. And the leather looks nice over over time. It distresses in a way that a lot of people find appealing, and I don't mind. I have the black one, and it's seen, I've had it for almost, I had it since Christmas. And it's been the case I've been swapping on and off ever since I stopped using Atomic Edges. But it's it's got the nice Apple logo on it. It's got the buttons feel great. It has a nice, it's really, it fits nicely around the camera. It also makes your phone sit flat. And it's the most, the case that makes your phone look most like it doesn't have a case on it because it just blends in. I like the black color because when you're watching video on it, it, the case doesn't distract you from the video. This is a case I would most recommend if you want a nice looking case. And I will say when you first get it, it's a little slick, but once you have it for a while, it really, it grippies up. And um, it's the case I like the most. It fits on tight, doesn't come off too easy, but it's not impossible to get your phone out of. It's a very light case, doesn't add a lot of bulk. It fits in and out of your pocket really great. And it's easy to pop it off to clean your phone when you get that lint accumulation around the edges of the, of the case, which you get with all cases. And uh, you get to actually feel the stainless steel on the bottom because it's open at the bottom. And the glass, the way the glass meets them, the metal, it's, I don't, I know it's silly, but if you like Apple products, you like the build quality. In this case, has a great build quality to it and lets you still feel the great build quality of your phone. So that was my case. I had three case reviews. I just, I feel like it's, no one ever talks about these things. These are the things we always use on our phones. And they're really what you interact with the, the the case more than you do the actual body of your phone if you are trying to protect it. So, so of all the cases, I would recommend the most, even though it's the most the most expensive. Actually, no, the Atomic was actually the most expensive, but the most expensive for really offering no functionality is, is the uh, the Apple leather case. But it feels great. Also, I have used the silicone cases in the past. They're really nice as well. They don't discolor like I have the Magbox. Uh, this one, um, the color does change, but that's leather distressing, and it, it's really nice. So, but the buttons, they feel great. I don't, I don't know if I just if I uh, stress that enough. The buttons feel great. All right, thank you very much, Rob. Have a great day. Bye. Justin, thank you for the case review. Folks, if you have some case reviews that you'd like to send in, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. For the record, my favorite case for the iPhone 10 has been Apple's own leather folio case. I like the leather folio case. I like the fact that I can keep my credit card and well, my driver's license in it and a little bit of money and grab my phone and go, and I don't have to grab my wallet and carry my wallet around all the time with me. So for me, at least in my life, how again, because I work from home, what I find uh, most convenient is Apple's leather folio case. And then when I go on the road, then I take my wallet with me. And then the other nice thing is I get two hotel keys. I put one in the leather folio case with my iPhone and one in my wallet. Because although I may leave my hotel room without my wallet by accident, I would not leave my hotel room without my phone. So and I like Apple's leather folio case. I like the way it's worn and, and looks and feels. And the button, like Justin said there, the buttons on Apple's own case, they just work really, really well. What are you made of? I don't know the word for it in your language. Sorry about that. What are you made of? Silicon, memory, and the courage of my convictions. What are you made of? Let's just say it's not exactly on the periodic table of elements yet.
Thanks again to Casper for their support of TII. And if you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, you'll save $50 off a select mattress shipped right to your door. Again, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment per something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app or product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on your iOS device. Just put in the TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Today's show again is brought to you by Eero, which is by far the fastest and best Wi-Fi I've ever tested. If you go to eero.com and enter promo code TII, you'll get free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Again, go to eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping and then enter promo code TII to make it free. And make sure your home network is allowing you to get the most out of all your Wi-Fi enabled iOS devices. Now, thanks for all your patience, folks out there that listen to the show, between the episodes. Uh, there was a perfect storm of lots of extra day job work and family items that combined to make it impossible to get out an episode I could get behind this past month. Sure, I could have just released something, but I would rather not release an episode and get the, hey, where is the next episode emails, than cut major corners and put out an episode where I get emails that say, wow, why did you put that episode out? I'll do my best to get back on a regular schedule, and there should be lots of exciting news the next two-plus months, so it'll be easier to get out a show I can get behind. And I want to thank you for again for your patience this past month. It is appreciated, and please, please, please send in your feedback because these next couple of months, a lot of the content is going to come from your side. What do you think of it? It's not just what I think, but what is your impression of the new Apple products that they're about to announce starting here in the next couple of weeks? Finally, check out the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released, which you never know when that's going to be. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app to get the update and or just to get the app for the first time. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.